This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Yo, I'm really excited about what God is doing. So I want to give you a bit of feedback of uh, my trip to Ivory Coast and the things that the Lord has been doing there. Because what God has been doing there, he wants to also be doing here. I really feel there's a, every time I, I, I travel, there's these moments that, that, like a significant shift in my life that I believe ultimately God wants to bring into us as a church. So I believe we are in a, in a new season. I really feel that there's a, there's some incredible, incredible things happening. And, um, and so I want to bring us into that today. Okay, so we want to contend today. I want to specifically focus on faith, on unlocking faith. Because if you want to live the ascended life, you need to have faith. Childlike faith. And then this is probably the biggest fight when it comes to seeing God's kingdom come in the earth. There's a fight for faith. The fight is here. The fight's in your thoughts. The fight is in who is Jesus to you? And who are you in Christ? That's where the fight is at. And so for, for years, the Lord has been speaking to me, but especially this year, about going to the nations. Taking his presence to the nations and also taking his message to the nations. And so the... The, the last two times earlier this year, we went to uh, Namibia. That's the one international trip. And then we went to Ivory Coast now a few weeks ago. And it just seems every time I travel, especially internationally, I just feel like there's a whole lot of opposition. It's uh, a faith stretch just to get there. Just to get there. Not even <laughs> just to, to, when the Lord shows up when you're there, but just to get there. So when we, before we went to uh, Munt. Uh, two days before the time, both my son and I, we were we tested COVID positive. So that spices up your uh, travel plans in March to try and get to another country. And then this time around, it was my visa. My visa. So I had challenges to organize the visa to get info from the other side. So I've been trying for months. Tell me what's happening. Then the dates, I changed my flights twice because <laughs> they changed their minds. So it, it was such a challenge. And then finally, I like beg them, please give me the, where am I going to stay so I can apply for the visa? So I got it like on the deadline. The, the site says you need to in, put the visa application seven days before. Seven days before I finally get the info, I apply. Now it's the week that I, I'm flying on the Sunday. It's Thursday. I haven't received the visa. So now I'm praying about this. I say, Lord, should I do something? And I so strongly feel the Holy Spirit says to me, you're going to get the visa on time. It's going to be here on time. I say, praise God. That's Thursday. Friday, 12 o'clock. Nothing. Two o'clock. Five o'clock's the deadline. Two o'clock. Nothing. Three o'clock. Nothing. I'm like, Lord Jesus, please help me. So now I'm praying. 
I am doing warfare. I'm speaking to people on that side. They're going to the embassy. We're trying. I'm like, should I help, Lord? Should I help you? I know you said we're going to get the visa, but should I help? So I'm helping. I'm helping. I'm phoning. But I'm like, get to the embassy. Trying. I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying everything. And then an hour and a half before the deadline, the email comes through. And I'm like, Dior. And I'm like, why did I just listen to the Lord? He said it's going to be fine. And now I try to help. So anyway, super stressful. Everything that's happening um, and to, to make it happen. So anyway, so I'm just so thankful. We're going, we're excited, praise God. But I'm, I just think I'm a visa. I don't have a lot of other expectations, but I have a visa. So we're going. Praise God. But I, the, the whole week, there was this of, of ministry um, at, at this church and online TV. So it was Christian, French-speaking Christian TV across Africa and Europe and the church of 2,000 people. Um, it was just, it was, you know, five years ago, I would have freaked out. Now I'm like half freaking out which is an improvement from completely freaking out. But, I, but if I look at my own life, there is there's this journey of faith. And so I'm going to share a little bit of my story and, and the week there in Abidjan. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm trusting to, to give you a few principles of how you can grow in your faith. If you want to live the ascended life, seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father, which is our place in Jesus... Then you need to have faith. And if your faith buckles, you are pushed by the enemy out of your place of faith. And when you lose your faith, you've been neutralized. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. You need faith to see God's kingdom come. And then you need to step out as the Lord leads you. But when we tend to step out, then there's these moments that you are tested. When you're like, oh, I don't know if it's working. You know, and, and you need to keep on standing by faith until his kingdom comes. And so I want to use this illustration or this, 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 the story of um, the Israelites taking Jericho and they were marching around Jericho for seven days, seven days. So I'm, I'm imagining, you know, when you're walking around these massive walls for seven days, you know, those walls speak to you. It's not going to work. We're not coming down. The fortress speaks to us. The strongholds, they speak to us. They, 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 they continuously bombard us with, it's not going to work. You're not good enough. God's not going to hear your prayers. It's not going to pan out. These strongholds are too big. And so here in East London, that's this, the, the, the assault on our faith is relentless in every area of our lives. The enemy says, hey, your marriage is going to work out. No, your kids are going to turn to Christ. No, it's not going to change. No, the lost aren't going to come to Christ. No, these walls, they're too big. They're not going to move. But faith speaks back. Faith says, God has spoken, and you're going to come down. So I want to unpack that account of how the Israelites took Jericho and the, and the building up to it to give you some principles on how to um, find your place of faith. You need childlike faith 
childlike faith. I'm trusting through some of the stories I'm going to be sharing that uh, your faith is going to be, be stirred. But the Lord has told the Israelites, go and take the city. But they, then there's this, this faith challenge, this faith struggle is going to be part of it. Okay, so let me pray and we're going to unpack this. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that your word does not return void. And so, God, in the name of Jesus, we renounce every spirit of unbelief. We renounce the lies of the enemy. We renounce the, the, these voices from the wall that speaks to us and says it's not going to work. It's not going to move. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of faith in the house and in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So before the Israelites moved over the Jordan to take Jericho, the promised land, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Before that, they were slaves for hundreds of years. So I can imagine there was a faith struggle. We were slaves, 40 years in the wilderness. We tried to take the land. It didn't work. What's going to make this time different? I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but you're trying to do something and you remember the past when it didn't work. And you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. And so it was the, the Israelites stepped into a new season. And I believe the Lord is saying to us as a church, you're stepping into a new season. Forget the failures of the past. Forget the times you prayed and it didn't work. This time when you pray, it's going to work. Let go of the past. Embrace what God is doing right now. And so we see then that before the guys could get to Jericho, they had to cross the Jordan and it was overflowing. And then God spoke to Joshua and the Lord was saying to Joshua in Joshua chapter one, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Be not dismayed. That's the battle for faith. Be strong. Be courageous. I'm giving you the land. You're going to take it. But now they had to cross this river. And so God speaks to Joshua and says, take the Ark of the Covenant, the priest, walk into the water. And then suddenly the whole thing dried up and they went across on dry ground. Incredible. That first breakthrough that God revealed to them. And then the Lord speaks to them in Joshua 4, 22. It says, then you can tell them. Because the Lord said to them, now take these big stones out of the center out of the middle of this river, and build a memorial to what happened here. And then he says, tell the coming generations. Then you can tell them. This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes. But you better take the stones, and you better go put it there, because you're going to think it didn't really happen. You're going to forget. I tell you, you can see a miracle right before your very own eyes. And the next day you're wondering, did that really happen? That's how it works. That's why you need to make a memorial. You need to remember what God has done. It says right before your eyes and kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. Then verse 24, he did this so all the nations of the earth might know. That the Lord's hand is powerful. And so you might fear the Lord your God forever. That all the nations 
might know. The Lord's hand is powerful. You see, there's a, there's contention right now all across the earth. Is God really powerful? Is he really powerful? Is he able to do miracles? Is he the mighty one? Because if he's the mighty one, he's the one. The only one. So there's a contention for the power of God. And then also, so you might fear the Lord your God forever. In other words, Fear God, don't fear your enemies. Fear God, don't fear the opinions of man. Don't buckle under the pressure of people's opinion. And don't buckle under the pressure of the enemy, the devil, the demonic. A whole lot of Christians believe more in the devil than they believe in Jesus. And that needs to change. Childlike faith is the only way you can take up the ascended life. And so... This is the first principle. If you want to unlock faith, remember what God has done. Remember, write it down, write it down, write it down. Remember, go back to it, remind yourself. You see, going to the nations is intimidating. It's a challenge. But if I, if I didn't have some previous victories, that I could lean into some history with God, I would buckle under the pressure of now stepping out. But like David, he killed the lion, he killed the bear. So when it was Goliath's time, it's like, you're so going down. I know my God. And so you need to remember. Do you remember what has God done in your life? Do you remember his faithfulness? Do you remember the times that he did come through? But the spirit of unbelief, always it could be 10 victories. The spirit of unbelief will focus on all the failures. It's like you can't help yourself. Ten victories, but you're only seeing the negatives, the failures, the losses. It's like these walls, they scream at you. It's not going to work. It's not going to move. Who do you think you are? You're nothing. You're nobody. You can't. Nothing's going to change. These walls have been here for hundreds of years. It's not going to change because of you. That's what the wall says. But the question is, what is God saying? What is God saying? That's the defining thing. That's what makes the difference. And so a few weeks ago, we had an altar call here, and then people were having beautiful encounters with God. And the one lady here, she was like shouting, give them the keys. Give them the keys. On the Sunday, they was flying to Joburg, and next day to Abidjan. And someone else prophetically saw me with my hand uh, with a golden key ring with five keys in my hand. The fivefold, the fivefold ministry. And I just really prophetically felt the Lord is saying, give them the keys, the fivefold, the fivefold. I tell you, it, it blew my mind this week in Abidjan and, and what God was doing, the Lord is speaking to the nations, to the church globally. You need to embrace the fivefold. You need to embrace, embrace the fivefold because the five, these, this is my, my life message is from my book, Increasing Heaven's Flow. And, and, and each one represents a river, a river of life, a river of anointing. The apostolic is to, Tangibly demonstrate the kingdom of God. People getting healed and delivered. 
The prophetic is the tangible presence of God that restores lives. And we hear the Lord's voice of what he's doing and it shifts realities. The pastoral river that heals hearts and restores relationships and reconciles people. That's an anointing that changes lives. The teaching uh, anointing is what makes the word come alive and reveals revelation from the scriptures that just like blows your mind. Like, wow, God, you're amazing. And then the evangelistic flow cuts to the heart and people say, man, I need Jesus. I need to be saved. I need to turn to Christ. And so here's a few photos of Abidjan or the church in Abidjan is the biggest uh, Assemblies of God church in uh, Abidjan, city of five million people. And uh, over this week, God did mind-blowing things. You can the next photo, people responding an altar call, giving their lives to Christ. People responding. You can show another one. This building is amazing. The church building is the most beautiful building in the region. I just want to repent. I will never complain about the Eastern Cape's infrastructure again. Never. Our streets are beautiful. I promise you. I promise you there is a whole long way that we can still go down. I promise you. Go go to Africa. And so here we have the pastor, the senior pastor. No, no, go back one. Go back. Yeah, we have the pastor. This is the beginning of the week. He didn't smile. And then one of the biggest miracles of the week is the next slide. He smiled on camera. He was so blessed with everything the Lord has done that week. So go back to the fivefold diagram. I have never experienced anything like this. It really was a sign from heaven. Over the week, so for, for the last 10 years, I have been trusting God for all five anointings. Apostolic, prophetic, pastoral, teaching, and evangelistic. It was the first time I've experienced this. I was called all five. So the one guy, one of the leaders at the church, he said to me, um, how do you do this? You are a real teacher. You just break open the word of God. And yet, then you make an altar call, and then so many people turn to Christ. How is that possible? I said, well, through the grace of God, obviously. So I was called a teacher. Then other times, there was an incredible flow of the prophetic. And the guys were, like, these are leaders. People saying, you are a prophet. How do you know these things? Well, the spirit of prophecy. God knows. Prophet. Then I was called but you, a pastor, you're so relational. You, you're so focused on marriage and hearts and relationships. The, 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 the people basically say, well, we, we've never seen anything like this. Pastoral. Then evangelist. So for the last 10 years, I received a prophetic word 10 years ago with no fruit of this before that, that I'm a healing evangelist. And I've always struggled with this evangelist thing. So anyway, so I pitch there at the church in Abidjan. I look on the screen and the guys, it stands there, Grand Evangelistic Crusade. I'm like, you didn't tell me this? Because I couldn't figure out what I'm supposed to do there. So I was just going to bring what I normally bring, the fivefold. So over the week, 260 plus people committed their lives to Christ. 
260. So I was like, maybe this is normal. And so the pastor said to me, now they had an international evangelist there in April. And he said the fruit just of the souls were way beyond it was earlier the year. So I was like, praise Jesus. So something shifted in me that it's true what Jesus said. You're a healing evangelist. You see, because the fight is over here. Can you believe what God says about you? It's just about agreeing with what he says. So in that week, we had 260 plus people come to Christ. That alone is massive. On the one evening, we just ministered to um, people's hearts, relationships, marriages. Incredible things happened as hearts were healed and marriages were restored. It was, it was beautiful. And yet we had these incredible miracles breaking out as well. Every night, almost every night, we had people come to the front and testify how Jesus miraculously healed them. I mean, I can, there's many stories, but the one was just amazing. As a lady, she was uh, born in the 90s, 1990s. Uh, she was born with scoliosis. So it's a deformant of the spine. Her legs were different lengths. We didn't even lay hands on her. She was just standing in the venue. Then Jesus touched her. And her back was healed. Her legs became the same length. And she could walk normally. Isn't that amazing? Come on, give Jesus praise for that. Jesus heals. Jesus heals. He is alive. He is still working powerfully. There were so many people. People were healed of malaria. The people's, there were lungs that were healed. There were eyes that were healed. There were body pains. Like for 20 years, people couldn't bend, was healed. It's just like incredible stories of Jesus showing up. You see, the fivefold together is the spirit of revival. One anointing is beautiful. Souls coming to Christ, awesome. But now add Healing to hearts, miraculously. Jesus, the healer to broken hearts that restore relationships and reconnect people to Christ intimately. It goes next level. Then add authentic revelation from the word of God where your lights come on and you see Christ. The word speaking to you takes it next level. Then you add the presence of God and the word of God, prophecy, it takes it next level. Then you add the apostolic where people are, where the kingdom comes tangibly. So many people shared with me when we prayed for them, they felt demonic things leave their bodies without even touching them. Just Jesus showing up. But I tell you, there's a fight for faith. There's a fight right here. When your faith wants to buckle, (sighs) it's a challenge. So how do you get childlike faith? Well, principle number two. You need the prophetic word. You need the prophetic word. It unlocks faith. So on the Sunday night before we went, we flew to Joburg and Pastor Nielsen and me, we were um, um, sleeping over there. And so we're praying the, the, the evening just before we went to bed. And as we were praying, I received suddenly, it was the presence of God in the room like I have not experienced before. The spirit of prophecy. So for the next 35 minutes, we had a prophetic download which I recorded on my phone, where the Lord said to me, what's going to happen this week? I was just thankful I had a visa and I am going. (laughs) And now the Lord is saying, this is high level kingdom business. This is going to impact the nations. I'm sending with you 
an elite group of angels. You're going to have incredible peace. You're going to have incredible joy. I'm going to send these same, some of these angels to your families. You, well, they're going to experience peace and joy at home as well, even though you are away. Now, you need to understand, this is an evangelistic crusade. We're stepping into Abidjan, and this area was like very Muslim area. There are mosques everywhere, five million people in the city. So we are clashing with demonic powers. We're taking authority of the spirit of Islam and the deceptions and the spirit of mammon and the things, the idols in the city. I mean, we're in full-on assault on the demonic. So you would expect a backlash. I was blown away. I slept like a dream. <laughs> My wife, those who don't know, she's been struggling to sleep for the last year. That week, she slept like a dream. Isn't that amazing? Supernatural protection. There is the ascended life where you go above the snake line. You're not afraid of the enemy because you know Jesus crushed the snake's head at the cross. Amen. So you're not intimidated, you know. But if you want the kingdom to come, you need to take on that powers and say, I bind you in Jesus' name. I'm above you in Jesus' name. And the Lord crushes you under our feet. If we want to see the kingdom come. It was just incredible. So prophetic download. The whole week I just listened to that. Okay. Okay, God, what's the strategy? What are you saying? What are you doing? And then the Lord said to me in that prophetic download, you need to pray for the pastor or people around the pastor that need healing. So on the Tuesday we had lunch with the pastors. And then um, I was like, I don't want to eat. I want to pray for people. So we're praying. With, so it's the senior pastor, assistant pastor, third pastor. Here's a photo. So praying for the assistant pastor. His wife had a, a major eye disease and thick glasses, struggling to see, but like a degenerative eye disease. And as I'm praying for her, the Lord says to me, I'm going to heal her right now. Oh, I love that. But then the moment comes, healed in Jesus' name, and now like, okay, let's test. Without the glasses, she could see across the room, small print, she was healed. Praise God. Come on, give Jesus praise. She was healed, and all, all the pastors were like, oh my word, there is something in this place now. Tell you, it shifts the atmosphere. In that moment, they realize, I'm the real deal. Not a fake, not a make things up guy. And immediately, the authority of the word of God went into another dimension. They received the message because they could see the miracle. It was the same with Jesus. They could say, they came to Jesus saying, surely God is with you because of the signs you perform. See, it's not, I don't perform the signs. Jesus performs the signs, okay? I can't heal a headache. I'm a donkey without Jesus, but he is the healer and he's powerful and he's still moving mightily. And I believe he's wanting to pour out the spirit of revival upon us. Amen. Amen. He wants to pour out the spirit of revival upon us so that this city can be changed. And what if God is saying to us what he said to Joshua, Jericho is yours. East London is yours. The whole body of Christ, East London is yours. Let's take it. Amen. Oh, so it was just incredible. 
tell you when those things happen, you hear the voice of God. I'm going to heal her right now. And then she's healed. Then you know there's a God and he is powerful. And so the next photo is my translator, Marcos. Beautiful, beautiful child of God. And so um, on the first day, his wife uh, contracted malaria. So she was in the hospital the morning. That evening, I prayed for his wife. And as I was praying for the Lord said, I'm going to heal her right now. Boom, healed, gone. All symptoms gone. She had pain from the top of her head to her toes. Everything was hurting, fully healed. In that moment, week later, still healed. Praise God. It was amazing. So Marcos also, he shared with me, I prayed for him a few times. He felt the fire of God burning through his eyes, his head, like stuff shifted in him. He's one of the preachers at the church as well. And on the Wednesday night, I focused especially on relationships, on, on, on marriages, or on the Thursday night. And I called his wife to come and stand next to him because we prayed for all the couples and, and also for the singles and everything. But he just shared with me that he, after that evening, he feels so close. He and his wife, they are just so connecting again. I'm like, hallelujah. That's that pastoral anointing that heals hearts and reconciles. Man. Sometimes we don't have, know what we have. We don't know what we carry in Christ. This church experienced rivers of life. And that's what we carry. That's the grace on this house. That's the grace on our lives. And the Lord wants us to release that into the wider church of Jesus Christ. But so what you need is you need childlike faith. Because that's where the fight is at. The last 10 years since 2012, it's always a fight for your faith. Do you believe that Jesus is with you? Do you believe that God hears your prayers? If you don't have faith, nothing's going to happen because you're not going to step out. You're not going to step out. And so let's contend for a restoration of faith, childlike faith. So this was my struggle the week in Abidjan. Because I didn't have a team. Normally, I take a team of guys, like 10 of us go together somewhere. And I've, I realize I've, I've put my faith in the team. So I'm like asking, is Jesus going to show up without a team? <laughs> is it enough? Just me and Jesus and my buddy, Pastor Niels. And then the next struggle is I like to lay hands on people. I have faith that when I lay hands on people, they get healed. But now there's too many people. And I'm going to die if I have to pray for everybody personally. And so this is my challenge now. So it was, you can maybe put on one of the altar call photos. So there's like a um, whole lot of people. <laughs> okay. And so now the one evening, now I'm like, okay. Because we need Jesus to show up. There are unbelievers in the house. There are probably Muslims in the house. They need to see that Jesus is the real deal. And a miracle, a genuine miracle is evidence for the real deal. So now there's a whole lot of people standing in front of me. And I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm freaking out a little bit on the inside. Pastor Neil says it didn't look like it. But I was freaking out on the inside. I'm like, oh, I want to lay hands on people. I have faith for laying hands on people. I don't have faith just speaking in Jesus' name. So I saw a lady on the side with the crutches. And I'm like, let me pray for her, and we at least have one person healed, and we have one good story. So now I am walking over there to go and pray for this lady, and then the Lord says to me, 
don't try to help. So I come back, I go stand there in the center. We're going to pray for healing now. I'm going to command healing in Jesus' name. I'm going to declare who Christ is. Then we're going to taste our bodies. And we're going to see. So I proclaim healing in Jesus' name. And then, you know, maybe one or two people raise their hand that they feel 50% improvement in their body. I'm like, ooh, Jesus, help. I want to freak out. So no, pray again. And then the next moment I prayed again. I said, in the name of Jesus, we release the presence and the power of God over every soul, every heart, every body. I rebuke and I start to just go through stuff, rebuking things that I felt the Lord revealed to me. And then the next moment when people tested their bodies, it was like 20 to 30 people physically healed right there. It was incredible. Then they came to share. It was mind-blowing stories of, 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 of stuff that people have been struggling for like 20 years. But I just realized... Don't try to help. We, we try to help Jesus. Don't try to help Jesus. Just obey him. Just step out. Just stand on his word. Just proclaim who he is. Just believe that he hears your prayers. And then you pray those prayers. And you expect it to be answered. Amen. You need a childlike faith. Childlike faith. is You need to know who you are in Christ. And so that was my struggle you can show the next photo as well another altar call but when our faith buckles then we tend to move into the flesh and it's a terrible place to be terrible place to be okay so let's look at this. joshua 5 13 it says and it came to pass this is before they went to jericho when joshua was by jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked oh may we lift our eyes and see the lord because then it says, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. A man with a sword. Who was that? That's a theophany. That was Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Not as the baby in the manger, but the commander of the armies of heaven. It says, and Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? Verse 14. I love it when you ask. God a question. He doesn't answer it. He said, no. (laughs) What do you mean, no? But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. I love that. I tell you, it's amazing when you have a meeting and Jesus shows up. When you proclaim, proclaim who he is and then he reveals himself as the savior or the healer. Or the deliverer. It's incredible. No, but as the commander of the army of the Lord. You see, he commands the the hosts of heaven, the angels of heaven. And I have seen this now. I'm always trying to figure out how how do people get healed when we don't even touch them? God, is that an angel? Is Obviously, the Holy Spirit. But I tell you, when Jesus shows up, everything goes into another dimension. Commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servants? If you want to have childlike faith, you need to embrace this. Be the servant of the Lord. Serve his purposes, not your own. Because I was like on two days into Abidjan, I was like, what am I doing here? This is a lot of pressure and a lot of preparation and is really uncomfortable 
And the mattress that I was sleeping on is the most uncomfortable mattress I've ever slept on. It's so hard. Anyway, side note. And then I just realized, but I am the servant of the Lord. I am not here for my own purposes. I am here for his glory. And you need to get this. Because if we always focus on if it benefits me, we will do very little. But if we say, God, what's going to benefit you and your kingdom? We're going to step out. We're going to move with him. Come on, say it. I'm the servant of the Lord. Yes, you are. You're the servant of the Lord. You need to step out. It's like Thursday evenings, kingdom unleashed intercession. We're praying now for the next six weeks still for the conference where we're trusting God for the spirit of revival to be released over this church and the wider body of Christ. But we need your agreement. We need your prayers. God wants the whole, the whole army to be united. Thursday evening, 6.30 to 8, next door. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Is it for the glory of God? Absolutely. Prayer is such a beautiful and powerful ministry because, you know, you don't really get a lot of glory. It's behind the scenes most of the time. But I want to invite you to join us in pursuing the spirit of revival, especially the apostolic grace to see people delivered and healed. And so Joshua said, Lord, what, what, what are you saying to your servant? And then he served the purpose of God. So look at this, Joshua 6 verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. I'm giving you the city. Good news is 2,000 years ago, Jesus purchased the price, paid the price for every city, for every community, and every nation on the planet of the earth. On the planet. That was like, anyway. Jesus paid the price for it all. He has paid the price for East London. And I believe he's saying, guys, I'm giving you the city. Go take it. But you need to contend for faith. You need to have faith if you want to see the kingdom of God come. So here's the battle plan. Joshua 6, verse 3 to 5. Here's the, the download, prophetic download that God gave to Joshua so they can take the land. I'm going to just quickly highlight a few principles and then we finished. It says, you shall march around the city, all you men of war, all together, the whole army, together. Come on. Everybody together, marching around the city. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns, or the shofar, before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when you make a long when they make a long blast with a ram's horn, the shofar, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him, and they shall take the city. For our purposes, the walls is whatever is keeping people from finding Jesus. The walls are whatever is keeping the power and the presence of God to flood forth to change lives, whether it's healing hearts or bodies or delivering people or restoring relationships, whatever it is, you want the walls to come down. And the Lord's saying, I'm giving you the authority to take down the walls. But as I say, when you march, I can imagine marching around those walls seven days, like, woo, those walls are talking. That's how it works. 
The enemy speaks, but you need to speak back. You need to proclaim, even as the word came. The word, God gives us the word of God, but then you need to speak the word of God. Fascinating thing that we saw over the week in Abidjan. On the first night, 20 to 30 people physically healed. And I told them, the enemy is going to come and try to steal your healing. You need to walk in authority. God has healed you, but you need to walk in it. It was amazing the number of people that came back to us saying they went home, and as they went home, the pain returned. But then when they took authority over it, it left and it stayed away. You have authority. You have authority. Come on, say it. I have authority. The enemy has deceived the people of God to not walk in their authority. You have authority over your family, over your workplace, over your environment, over your body. You need to tell the enemy, get out. Sickness out. Demonic stuff out. Spirit of shame, be gone. Spirit of unbelief, out. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my land in the name of Jesus. You have authority and you need to walk in it. Otherwise, you're not going to see lasting change and freedom. And so we saw the guys marching around the, the city for seven days. And these walls, they come and they speak. And it says, it isn't for you. It isn't for you. You know, when I look at the 12 disciples, the original super apostles, I'm like, praise God, they were useless. Go read it again. They were fighting with one another. They struggled with their faith. They denied Christ. They ran away when he was crucified. They were absolutely useless. Doesn't that give you hope? <laughs> Hallelujah. So what defined them? Their availability and God's ability. You, you and me, we're nothing without Jesus. I'm a donkey. I can do nothing without him, but with him, all things become possible. Availability plus God's ability changes the game, but you can only have it by faith. You need to contain for faith. That's what God releases into our lives. God has chosen you. I see this everywhere I go. The saints of God have very little faith for God working through them. They just think the pulpit guy. Wow. Wow. He's amazing. No, he's not. We're nothing without Jesus. It's available. Step into it. So here's a number of truths. I'm just going to mention it. You need to believe that God qualifies you. He qualifies you. You need to believe that you're the temple of God. That you carry the presence of God. You are, they took the ark of the covenant around the city. They took the presence of God around the city. If you want the walls, whatever the walls are, if you want to take the walls down, you first need to believe that God has chosen you. And then you need to carry his presence. You need to believe, I am the Ark of the Covenant. You are the Ark of the Covenant now. You have been washed by the blood of Jesus. And now that anointing can rest upon your life. And then they were blowing these trumpets, these shofars. And they were proclaiming the praises of the king. So then you need to just praise him. Declare who he is. Speak to these walls in East London. Say, you're coming down in Jesus' name. Speak to the walls at your work or for your family or for your loved ones or your community. These walls are coming down in Jesus' name. Come on, say it. These walls are coming down in Jesus' name. Amen. You need to believe it. Whatever it is, you're struggling with an addiction, it's coming down in Jesus' name. 
You're struggling with pain and sickness in your body. Whatever happens, you're going to praise Jesus. But healing is available for you. Claim it. Then you need to believe in his perfection. There's seven, seven, seven. Seven priests, seven days, seventh day, seven times. All of that speaks about God's perfection. He's good. He's incredible. He's worthy of our praise. He's amazing. If we can just love him and then from that place minister to others, the kingdom of God will come. It was so beautiful for me. The first few days, it was like a culture shock in Abidjan on every level. The language, French, culture, people, everything was different. And within about a few days, the Lord said to me, these are my people. And I saw it. doesn't matter what they look like, what they wear, what language they speak. I just said, same problems, sin. Same struggles, pain. Same issues, relational stuff. It's all the same. Man, the compassion of Jesus hit my heart. And I tell you, then the presence of God started to manifest even more. Just lift him up and let his heart be imparted to you. I tell you, you're going to step out. When his love overwhelms your fears, you're going to step out. Believe in his perfection, not yours. But then, this is the good news, he imparts his perfection to you and says, you are righteous, you are forgiven, you are washed clean, you are free. So you can silence the voice of the accuser. Say, no, I've been washed by the blood of Christ. And then you need to believe. You can't stop on day two, you can't stop on day three, you can't stop on day six, you can't stop on day seven, only five times around. You need to go all the way, seven times, until breakthrough. You need to push on. You're going to keep on going. So many of us, we buckle. Our faith buckles and we stop just before the breakthrough. Push on. Contend for faith. Childlike faith. Don't give up and then speak. Agree with what God is saying and you will see the kingdom come. Last verse, verse 16. The breakthrough comes. And the seventh time it happened, when the priests blew the trumpets, that Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. He's given it to you. I don't care what the devil says. I'm saying this is what God is saying. I believe what he is saying and agree with him and walk in that. And I love it how Joshua told all the guys for those seven days walking around the Jerusalem, be quiet. Praise God. Because why do we tend to agree with the enemy? Yeah, I can't. Oh, I'm useless. Oh, I'm terrible. I'm, we agree with the enemy. Stop agreeing with the enemy. Start agreeing with the living God. And they shout for the Lord has given you the city. And then they shouted together in unison. And then the kingdom came. I tell you this power in unity. I want to invite you into partnering with us to see the spirit of revival break out in this church and city. I believe this is the call of God upon us. Revival to hearts, to homes, and to cities. And I'm going to choose to believe what Jesus is saying. Amen. I want to invite you to partner. This is not a one-man thing. This is a community thing. Unity and community. This is the whole army of God saying, Lord, I'm going to stand with what you are saying. 
Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Come on, dream with me. See it. See God showing up in our hearts, our homes, and cities. I believe that's what God is doing. The spirit of revival, all five rivers, all five anointings being released in the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.